0: Welcome to another RCSLT podcast. You may have heard that since launch, we've had over 10,000 downloads, which is really great. So thanks to all of our guests and all of our listeners. I would ask that you rate the podcast um, and that you also tell your colleagues about it. This is a tool that the college can use for CBD to get information out to the wider SLT community, to talk about interesting new research and to advocate for the profession and its patients. We know there are some issues around sound quality, which has not been made easier by the pandemic, but we are working on a couple of solutions and we hope to improve the quality in the near future. Today's podcast is the second in the short series about placements. We're gonna be talking to students about their experience of placements, what worked, what didn't, and how we think placements are going to evolve in the future. I started by asking each of the students to introduce themselves.
1: Um, So, hi, my name is Kerry O'Sullivan and I'm a Master of Science Speech and Language Therapy student at Queen Margaret University in Edinburgh. um, And I'm from Ireland originally. Um, And I'm just finishing up on my Master's at the moment. And I've been exploring um, what factors do first and final year speech and language therapy students in the UK perceive as important in contributing to positive placement experience. Um, And then I'm due to start my first band five speech and language therapist job in London in three weeks time in adult learning disability and mental
2: health. Um, I'm Ruth Filer. I am from Vancouver, Canada and I'm studying at Leeds Beckett University and I'm the second year BSc student. I was um, a special education assistant for about 12 years give or take, Um, so I worked with children with a lot of complex needs that required a lot of MDT work including speech therapists, so I've worked in augmentative communication. Um, low-tech high-tech and then also swallowing and feeding.
3: Hi my name is Vivian Wong uh, I'm a second year MSc speech and language therapy student studying at the University of Reading and I'm originally from Vancouver Canada. So for my dissertation I'll be studying voice onset time in children with Down syndrome.
0: So Kerry I wonder if you could just tell us about some of the places that you've, you've been on.
3: Yeah, and um, so my placements
1: have been a mixture of adult and paediatric placements. So within adult, I was on an acute stroke ward. Um, and I also had an adult learning disability placement. Um, and then within paediatrics, um, it was a mixture of community and clinic. Um, and I also had a placement in a school readiness programme for um, children who have autism.
0: Uh, Ruth, I know you've just had one uh, placement. I think it's, you've had one placement so far, haven't you? I wonder if you could tell us a little more about that. And that was during COVID-19?
2: It was, yes. So in our first year, they gave us sort of, we did six days in different settings to sort of get a a feeling and an overview of where SLTs could work, what environments they might work in. But I have only done one long-term placement and it was all online. We were working um, with school children, performing Skype, doing some speech therapy with them through uh, through the computer. So it was a very interesting experience and required a lot of quick adaptations, um, but interesting nonetheless because that's kind of the direction that a lot of people will continue to stay in, I think, is teletherapy.
0: Um, and Vivian?
3: Yeah, um, in my first year we had pediatric, and adult observation placements at our university clinic. Um, And then due to COVID, some of my summer placements got canceled, but I was able to participate in a virtual clinical learning experience. Um, And then this year, I've had three weekly placements throughout the last two terms. The first one was in a community clinic working with preschoolers with suspected ASD and providing paramedic mediated intervention, working on social communication. Um, And my two placements this past term has been in a community telehealth clinic working with adults who have acquired neurological impairment. So including conditions like aphasia, apraxia, cognitive communication disorder, Parkinson's and stuttering. And the other placement was in an outpatient audiology setting working specifically with children and adults who have had cochlear
0: implants. I'm really interested, particularly how you felt the first time you went into a placement when, you know, you've been in the university and everything else like that, and we've spoken about everything in kind of theoretical terms, and then boom, you were actually confronted with a patient for the first time. I don't know. How did you feel, Kerry?
1: Well, I think initially when I was first allocated the placement, I felt quite calm because my practice educator she was in regular contact with me, and she seemed, you know, really enthusiastic and interested, and that kind of helped settle me. But then I think on the actual day I went to start placement, you know, everything all of a sudden felt so real, and um, so even though I was excited, I was also quite like nervous, um, and then it was quite like overwhelming as well, you know, actually interacting with clients for the first time and applying theory to practice. But my practice educators were really like supportive of me, and the rest of the team were really welcoming, so it kind of helped settle me in quite quickly.
0: Right. And what about you, Ruth?
2: Also nervous, very nervous, very anxious, um, very excited. From basing it off of last year's placement during COVID. I was lucky enough to be in a group. So there was four of us in total um, student-wise working with one educator. Um, but my biggest concern was like computer issues and potentially having to navigate that as well as the client because trying to engage children on uh, across the screen can be challenging so it it definitely required a lot of uh, thinking outside the box and trying to come up with like as many engaging ways as you can because you know you want to keep them interested and moving forward
0: yeah I mean I can imagine I can imagine with you know just for people who are having their first placements during COVID-19 a you're dealing with the difficulty of doing a placement for the first time then there's this unexpected impediment of a having to do it virtually which is probably not something that was spoken about a great deal I mean I've spoken to so many SLTs that have done no virtual um therapy before so this was the first time they've ever done it um and then kids as well I guess that you you got the trifecta of difficult situations really
2: well you might as well throw you in at the deep end because that's the (laughs) only way to swim right like (laughs) I deal with it now I could deal with anything moving forward um I think it was great though it was I know that it was my educator's first attempt to try and do teletherapy as well. But honestly, I think it it went as well as it could have gone. The clients were great. It allowed you to sort of explore what you can do through a screen. And so just to me, it just sort of potentially opens up the doors to more clients in potentially areas that are not as well resourced or easier to get to. Sort of just it opens all those doors because everyone has a piece of technology. So you can sort of find some way to reach them.
0: Right. What about you, Vivian? Do you you remember your first placement and how you felt about it?
3: I think I was really excited to just get going and get into the thick of it and be able to interact with real-life clients. But like Carrie and Ruth said, there's also an element of nervousness and anxiety because this is the first time you're kind of stepping into the role of being a practitioner and working with others as a team. Um, which is also a great aspect.
0: If you were to give yourself one piece of advice before your first placement, or someone who's never obviously done a placement before, what would that be?
3: I think it's really useful to just remain open-minded and adaptable to whatever situation's thrown at you, Mm -hmm. um, because we are learning. And it's okay to make mistakes throughout the experience because you'll only get better from it.
0: Does anyone else have any thoughts on that? If I could go back and tell myself one thing before my placement, it would be dot, dot, dot.
1: I think I agree with Vivian in the sense just being a bit more like open-minded and not being too hard on myself that if I do make a mistake, that it's okay to make a mistake. Um, Mm. And then as well, I think just in terms of maybe having contact with the practice educator before placement that... um, you'd ask about, you know, any potential areas you could research or like assessments or interventions used just to kind of, you know, get, you can put in the preparation before placement a bit as well.
2: Um, try anything and everything. Don't be afraid to give it a try. I was quite hesitant to try formal assessments, informal assessments, just because you don't know. But mm-hmm. as, as the other two have both said it, it is about trial and error and we are here to learn. So the only way to learn is by doing. Um, and so I, I would just try more, try more. And as, as much as is offered to you, just take it.
0: I wonder if you could tell us what, at the end of the day, what placements really taught you?
1: Yeah, I think my placements, they really taught me a mixture of both like professional and personal skills. So like in terms of professional skills, I'm carrying out, you know, various assessments and inter- interventions and communicating with other multidisciplinary team members and like my ability to apply theory to practice and interact with clients but then kind of personally as well I just found myself that um, I got a lot more organized on my patients because I just think I had to be you know ready for the next placement session um, and yeah it really helped me as well in terms of like developing my own like confidence in interacting with people so yeah I feel like a lot of the professional skills I learned were quite like transferable into my personal life as well.
0: Right. So what you're saying to me is yeah, there's a certain amount of clinical knowledge that you're putting in, in, in practice, but there's there's other kind of just working knowledge that you think was useful.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like in terms of just time management and just yeah, becoming more you know, confident in expressing my own thoughts and
2: opinions. And yeah.
0: What about you, Ruth? What do you what do you feel you learned from the placement so far?
2: I'm learning sort of what I like and what I don't like through um, all the variety of placements that are offered. No, I don't think you realise, I don't think generally people realise the scope at which we cover until you kind of get into the thicker things. Because until I started this programme, I didn't even know that we did youth justice work or worked in prisons. So that was an eye opener for myself. So it's super interesting to see where we can work and the variety of environments that we can work in. So Nice.
0: What about you Vivian? What do you think you've, you've learned from your placement so far?
3: I think in terms of clinical skills, uh, I've learned how to plan a full intervention block for clients. So conducting um, case histories, assessments, putting together a profile of my clients and then figuring out what's the best intervention for them, actually conducting it and then making further recommendations or discharging them. I also think I've learned a lot about what it's like to work in a multidisciplinary team. And especially in my audiology placement, I got to shadow audiologists. So I was able to learn about other professions, which I think is so valuable, and see where the overlap is in our scope of work and theirs, and how we feed off each other in a sense um, to provide the best care for our clients. And then in terms of Kind of personal development skills, um, I think I've been able to learn how to adapt my communication style to whoever I'm working with, so a child or an adult, um, and also other co-workers, um, and I think, like the other side, I've grown a lot in confidence and becoming more independent and knowing that I can be successful.
0: I then went on to ask how the students thought placements could be improved.
3: I think especially in a setting where you have to work with other professions, it's super useful to be able to have either a discussion about what their role is in a client's care or have the opportunity to kind of observe them or work alongside them in a session. Um, one thing I thought was really useful for me was I watched my placement educator do a therapy session with a child and the, their teacher of the deaf was also on the call. And so we both were observing and then we had a discussion together and that brought forth kind of the different things we'd each pick up on. And then you kind of understand, oh, so that's you know what they would kind of focus on. We might focus on something else as SLTs, but all of it ties together.
0: Right. So you're saying getting a better understanding of what the other disciplines do for the patient, whether it's uh, an occupational therapist or a physiotherapist or an audiologist or whatever, getting more insight into those, those disciplines. Yeah, absolutely. Kerry, um, I don't know, do you have any thoughts on, on, on things that can be done to improve placements?
1: Um, I think sometimes it's just an aspect I found difficult was I went on some placements where I had received like no prior teaching about the client group at university. Um, so, for example, when I was going on my ALCQ placement, I hadn't completed you know any modules in neurology or aphasia or things like that. Um, so I found myself kind of you know having to undertake a lot of my own research into the area to kind of help support me with the theory on placement. Um, and then I kind of understand it might not always be possible for universities to like align what they're teaching with the placements that we're undertaking, because there's so many students in a year group. But um, I think maybe a useful way around it would be that like kind of peer support. And if students could form kind of study groups, you know, we're on similar placements um, that we can kind of work together to research an area.
0: But yeah, that's a, that's a good point. So you think if there was formal peer support groups um that might alleviate some of the difficulties of being doing a placement in which you don't have any training
1: yeah I think that could help just because you kind of all work together then and then it also peers, you know an opportunity to share their own experiences and if they were carrying out like similar assessments and interventions
0: I wonder if you what what is it that actually sort of surprised you about a, a placement do you have any sort of surprising things you were not expecting
1: I guess maybe in some ways, just kind of around. It was more like my own personal development and professional skills. Like a lot of the placements, I was starting. I was like, "There's no way I'm going to be able to pass this placement," or "There's no way I'm going to be, you know, accumulated a lot of knowledge by the end of this placement." But I was kind of surprised because even though the placements go by so quickly, Mm. um, I guess I couldn't really believe that by the end of it, how much I actually had learned and how much, how much I had become comfortable, you know, interacting with the client group and things like that, because. I think, especially as I was saying, if you haven't had any prior teaching about a client group, when you embark on a placement with them, it can all seem quite daunting and you kind of feel like you'll never get there. But um, yeah, I think I was just kind of surprised in terms of how much you actually can learn in such a short uh, space of time.
3: I think I was a little bit surprised, pleasantly surprised by how much autonomy our placement educators give us and letting us kind of run a clinic or just, you know, run a session right off the bat
0: really um, yeah.
3: yeah and you know it's good to be thrown in the deep end sometimes still a little nerve-wracking
0: if in fact um you know we were talking to a practice educator that hadn't done a placement before you'd say to them even though it's fairly daunting for you as a student you should feel comfortable with kind of throwing me into the deep end and going all right it's up to you now do it and your training is going to enable you to cope
3: I think it would be important to have a discussion with the student prior to see what their comfort level is. Um, For myself, I was always kind of up for the challenge and just seeing where things go. Whereas maybe for others, it's always good to have your PE on the side in case you need any support. Um, Mine was always around. So if I ever did need to ask a question or I came across something I didn't know. I could just call upon them to join the call or come into the room with me.
1: I think definitely I learned like so much by doing that. And you know, as Vivian was saying, it's kind of when you're you know face with different challenges that you end up learning so much. Um, but I think as well, kind of initially at the start of my placement, I appreciated having my practice educator kind of close by to me because I didn't really feel that comfortable. Whereas then by the end of placement, I actually liked kind of be more independent and being by myself so yeah I think what Vivian was saying I think it'd be best for just a student and practice educator to you know have their own discussion because everyone can kind of have you know different approaches to it like that some might have had prior experience as well that could kind of help them on placement whereas others might feel you know they would learn more if their practice educator was by their side.
2: Well I was in my last placement, sort of thrown in the deep end. Um, The first week that we met our clients, it was just a hello, sort of 10 minute chit chat. And then the next week, um, my educator had already done formal assessments with the children. So we were then asked to do informal assessments, but it was straight off the bat. It was like, create your own informal assessment. What do you want to know? I want you to do it next week. And super anxious, but I think it worked I think you kind of just have to do it like my educator was in the room with the client so would step in like as she saw fit but you can always hide behind the anxiety and the nervousness but then that's just going to become overwhelming and I kind of think you just have to give it a try and if we mess up that's what that's what your educators there for is to be like okay hey, next time this this and this should happen or they can even step in and sort of direct you down the right path but I think if you let your anxiety and your nerves get in the way, then you're you're not really going to get the most from the
0: situation. What would your ideal placement be?
1: I think for me, um, like an ideal placement, because um, I always appreciate like constructive feedback. Um, but I think it's really important that you know the practice educator here, as well as kind of acknowledging on what went wrong or kind of the negatives about a session, how it can be approved. I also think it's really important that they as well acknowledge you know the positives and the good things that you're doing because I think it can really help boost like a student's um self esteem. Um, and then as well, I like, just think of an ideal placement, I think it's always really nice, you know, when a student feels respected and valued in the placement setting. Um, and it's nice being called by your name, you know, then always just the student. Um, and then Yeah, just I think when you feel as well that you know you're making like a valuable contribution as well um, and opportunity to interact with other multidisciplinary team members.
3: I think, uh, kind of adding to what Carrie said, having that clear, constructive feedback is super helpful for our development. Uh, I don't know about other placements and how they're structured, but I had mid placement reviews and final reviews. And so, kind of picking points at the halfway mark of a placement to really focus on certain areas to grow in in the second half has been really useful. And also being included as part of a team makes a great placement and feeling truly like a colleague with your practice educator and being able to have open discussions about anything related to clinical practice and, making the students feel trusted um, for their clinical skills and ability to conduct therapy. Um, And also having mental health and well-being support, I think, is super important that the placement is a safe environment for students to bring up anything that might be impacting them in their personal lives.
0: We spoke about the shortage of places available. And so I asked the students what they would say to the wider SLT community about the value that placements can bring to a service or an independent practice.
1: Um, Yeah, many of the, the practice educators I had on placement, they actually told me that they themselves got so much out of having a student on placement that it kind of made them more reflective. Of their own practice um, and then as well in terms of having a student on placement like during my final placement for example I was able to um, take clients like independently and carry out assessment and intervention so that was then giving my practice educators scope to um, work with other clients.
2: Well I guess the biggest thing is you you never know who you might inspire so yeah you may be a niche specialty but you never know there could be someone coming in that could do it like just as good as you or better or lead the way into new research, new ideas and development. So you really never know who you're going to inspire to follow in your footsteps.
0: What I am curious to ask you is, you know, one of the things that that placement educators are concerned about is they go, well, I'm not sure I can give you, you know, 90% clinical experience in the placement how do you feel about those other kinds of experiences, you know, maybe to do with leadership or management or, um, you know, they're even talking about, oh, you know, the college is creating some placements. They're going to do a placement there. How do you feel about placements that are not entirely clinically related?
2: Well, I think all practice is, is practice at the end of the day. Like I, as much as we'd all love to have just face-to-face clinical, we have to learn to do every aspect of our job which will require those other things like administrative and leadership wise. Cause starting off our careers, I don't know where my career is gonna be in 10, 15 years time. Maybe I would decided that I really like doing leadership and I really enjoyed that aspect of it. So that's something I would wanna do. I think it's important for us as students to realize it's, it's not all about face-to-face as much as we want it to be. We have to learn how to do the job as a whole.
3: Mm, I think current clinicians and students can really work in a collaborative way like the other said, we have so much theory and knowledge in our heads to bring, and we are always trying to engage in up-to-date evidence base, and so we can bring that to discussion. Um, I think one thing, like we just discussed about kind of the less direct clinical work is we're around to help improve service delivery and work on different little projects outside of um the time we have with clients, which I think is also uh, so valuable and just kind of understanding how a setting works, how are we providing the best care to people and in what ways can we be more innovative or how do we uh, make it so clients can have the best access to their therapy. I think if you're able to offer a peer placement or a group placement, that's actually super helpful because the students can work amongst themselves and actually alleviate a bit of time for you as the clinician to do other things that are on your list.
0: There were a couple of themes that emerged from the conversation. As Vivian said, all students liked group placements because it offered peer support. There is definitely a pastoral element to the work of practice educators that shouldn't be underestimated. The students all felt that they could support the service in delivering therapy and resources that it might not otherwise be able to offer. And there was an appetite to get exposure to the highly specialized disciplines, even if it meant there was less opportunity for hands-on clinical work. I think all the students appreciated that although their immediate focus was clinical exposure, coming to grips with other parts of the job was essential in setting them up for success. The pandemic has accelerated the evolution of placements and going forward, we can explore how telehealth, though it has its limitations, can expand placement opportunities in the future. In our next podcast, we'll be talking to practice educators about the ins and outs of managing a successful placement. A big thank you to Kerry, Ruth and Vivian for their time. We wish them the very best of luck in their upcoming placements and jobs. Until next time, keep safe.